BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into the House of L podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for hanging out with me here today. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up on House of L over the next few weeks. I'm super excited. I realize that I usually talk about this stuff towards the end of episodes, and it dawned on me a little while ago, like maybe people don't, like they get the interview or they get the gist of what the episode is about and then they move on they don't listen to my postscript on things and that's totally fine I'm totally okay with that so I'll give you a little bit of the juice before we get to the meat of today's podcast first let me tell you man <laughs> I heard my teammates at the score talking about Russ Armstrong, the window guy. And I was like, it's windows. What are seriously guys? Like it can't be that big of a deal. It's windows. And then I sat down with Russ back in November. And he came to my place, and I'm not trying to brag. My place just has a lot of windows. It's you got a lot of stairs and a lot of windows. The windows part is fine. The stairs part, not as fine. But He came through and he said, yeah, we can replace all of this stuff. And I was like, okay, because I did need to replace the windows. It was one of the things when I bought the place in 2021 where I said, man, these windows have got to be changed because they look like original windows. So anyway, I never got around to it. I talked with Russ, and he was awesome. He said, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to break it down. Russ owns Chicago Window Guys. ChicagoWindowGuys.com, I'm telling you, I don't, especially on House of L, I don't mess around with endorsements, and Russ is not paying me 
I'm telling you, if you are looking to do your windows and do it right, ChicagoWindowGuys.com is the spot. Here's, here's how I know. Like, first of all, these dudes, the crew showed up at, I think, 8.30 in the morning, and they got to work immediately. Now, it was an all-day job, but those dudes came here to work, and they got on top of it, and everything got done before close of business. Everything. And I had, I think, 11 windows and a sliding door put in. And the area where I live in Hyde Park is a little complicated with spacing. And they were able to get the truck in and do what they needed to do. My office, where I do this podcast from, where I remote broadcast from when we're at home, which is the whole point of this episode of the podcast, is the coldest part of my house. It's so cold that I'm usually in layers upon layers in here. It has like a little heater in here, and I usually have to turn that thing up to high just for it to be tolerable. They fixed those windows first, redid the the insulation. It's made a world. I could feel the difference immediately. And now I'm doing today's pod just like in a t-shirt, which is the way that it should be. My office should be comfortable. And now it is. My office studio should be comfortable. So I'm just telling you, ChicagoWindowGuys.com. When I, I went and got the guys coffee, they had been working all day. Um, I had just, I've, I'll get to this too, probably towards the end of the pod. I had a colonoscopy on Thursday. So, you know, I was still in the window of you're not really supposed to be doing much on Friday. But I walked because I needed to get some fresh air. Um, and you're not allowed to drive for like 24 hours after the procedure, at least not legally. I walked down to Starbucks and got the guys who were working on the windows some coffee. And I came back and I met one of my neighbors for the first time. I've seen this dude since I've been here. The two years that I've been here, I've seen this dude. And he introduced himself because he wanted to know who did the windows. So the cool thing is that they put the QR code on the windows and people could check them. And they did. I had three neighbors come up and ask me about Russ Armstrong and Chicago Window Guys. So I'm telling you, ChicagoWindowGuys.com, go get yourself some windows. They did not pay for that. I just wanted to tell you what was going on in my life. Okay. All right. I'll talk about the colonoscopy stuff later on. It's not that much to tell. Just, you know, I need a couple extra days to recover. Anyway. So that's why if you're like, hey, why is Lawrence on the radio? If you're listening to this on Monday, like it's because I'm still in recovery. It's a whole thing. That's not why you checked in on the podcast today. All right. I was on Twitter after the Florida Atlantic-Kansas State game. I was mad at myself because I should have taken the cash-out option on FanDuel when it was offered to me, and I didn't, and I got greedy. Kansas State was up seven, and I'm like, oh, I love that point guard, man. He's going to bring it home. He played great. 30 points, 11 assists. 
I think 12 assists. And he's up there with, strangely enough, Billy Donovan. I wonder if the players know that Billy was a bad boy in college. Not so much as a professional, but in college, Billy was a bad boy. So, you know, I'm watching some of the the coverage of it, and I run across Andy Katz on Twitter talking to the play-by-play guy for FAU about how he almost didn't make the call of FAU winning the game. Take a listen. How did you handle not knowing you could be able to make the call because you were gone for, what, 30 seconds or About so? About 30 seconds or so. So all of the Ethernet along this front row here at Madison Square Garden went out with 18 and 6, 10 seconds left. And we actually got saved by a Kansas State layup and a timeout called by Jerome Tang that gave me time to scramble. And you saw me, Andy. It was getting a little rough. Uh, life's dream is, is, is crumbling before me. I grab from that second table an Ethernet cord, plug it into my broadcast equipment. One of my teammates from ESPN West Palm in West Palm Beach City next to me held the Comrex unit while I called the final 15 seconds of the game and the day was saved. So how do you feel about your call? Oh, I loved it. Come on, Andy. What'd you say? You gotta remember it. Uh, I said, Houston, you have a problem. Florida Atlantic's coming to win a championship. I love it. I love it, and guess what? The Ethernet cords, the power, it's going to work in Houston. Trust me. <laughs> Andy, appreciate you, man. So that's every broadcaster's nightmare. <laughs> every single broadcaster's nightmare is what happened to that dude. On the thumbnail of today's episode is a, a picture of a Comrex unit. And I, I have one. I'm very happy and honestly very lucky that I have one. Um, shout out to Mitch Rosen. Before the pandemic started, I've had this Comrex unit sitting on this desk for the last three years. Before the pandemic, like as we figured out that we might not be able to be in studio or anything, Mitch was like, he told the engineers, I need every single Comrex unit possible. Now what Comrex units are is they allow us to connect with our studio. Like there are dial-ins that we have, then we put in the dial-in number and we can broadcast pretty much anywhere that there's an ethernet cord. And my Comrex is so badass that I have wireless. Now, the only place where I would feel even close to comfortable broadcasting on wireless is my home. And that's because the router is in this room. It's the only place. It's a great backup to have, but you don't want to rely on it. And it makes it sound like the the audio is good and compressed, and it makes it sound like you're broadcasting from a studio, depending on what the room is that you're in. Like, for example, when I bought this house a couple years ago, the, the room that I've been complaining about, and I really love it, is very small. It's a teeny, it's a bedroom for a child or a baby. But it's perfect if for from an acoustic standpoint because the walls are small, even with windows, it's it still sounds pretty good. Like you would think that I'm doing this from a studio. Like real audio files can, like my brother knows, um, but real audio files will know, but for the most part, this place sounds really good. It was one of the selling points of the house, to tell you the truth. 
because I knew I was going to be broadcasting from home for a significant period of time. Plus, I wanted there to be a place where I could do the podcast and it it sound good. I also put carpet down here because it was hardwood floors, and that also makes a difference. But the the compression that is inside a single Comrex unit is really awesome. When I was doing the show for CBS Sports Radio, I was doing it from home from my Comrex unit. Like, I didn't have to go into the studio. In retrospect, we couldn't figure out how to make it work. I, I, I didn't want to ask anybody because I was getting up at, I think I was getting up at 4 to do that show. I didn't want to ask anyone to, like, set up the studio for me. It just felt like a pain in the butt, which was part of the reason I decided not to do it. But there was this weird, when I was connecting, it was one of the issues with the Comrex. And I don't think it was on the Comrex. It was with the board at WFAN. I was hearing, like, clicking that anyone who's ever worked in radio or music or DJing, once you get something like that stuck in your head, it becomes very difficult to let go of its lack of perfection. Does that make me sound like a crazy person? It's that way, no doubt about it. So um, I, I didn't enjoy doing it for a multitude of reasons, but that was one of them. Like That was one of the really strong reasons why I didn't enjoy doing it. Um. Maybe with a different time slot. I, if someone was like, hey, do you want to do a national show again from home? I, I, if it were a different time slot, I would probably do it. But that was, that was one of those times where my gut was completely wrong about an opportunity. Anyway, you're not here for that. I love this. And I love that when, when the pandemic started, we were probably I – mean, I'm – I think that we were the most prepared radio station in the country. But let me just say in the market. We were the most prepared radio station in the market to do shows from home and those shows for the most part sounding really good. Guys had to figure stuff out. You're putting, well, I wasn't, but you're putting quilts and stuff up in small space. I think Mully did that. Like you're finding a closet or whatever to try and make things sound really good. And that's some of the ingenuity the talent had to learn. Most, and I'm using it, you can't see it, but I'm using air quotes when I say talent. Talent, for the most part, usually allow the professionals that are in charge of the sound to handle the sound. I did everything on the solo show for a long time where, you know, I'm punching up the calls, for example, like that sort of stuff. Now I don't. I'm a little rusty. It's weird when I when Dan is out and I'm sitting there in the, the power chair, I, I'm like, wait, I used to do all of this stuff and I rarely do any of it. So shout out to Mike Rankin and Ray Diaz for – all of them taking some of that like off my plate, which is actually really helpful. But talent ordinarily doesn't do the technical work. When I was coming up in radio many, many moons ago, you had engineering staffs, and we still do. Like we the score has engineering staff, like Dom and Rich 
do an incredible job of keeping us on the air and fixing stuff if we need it. It used to be a little bit more robust when you have remote broadcast, like Dan and I are going to be at Sluggers. We'll 100% have an engineer on site. Now, theoretically, Mitch could send Dan and I to Sluggers with a Comrex unit. Like, I could bring my Comrex unit, which is the size of an iPad. It's thicker, but it, it is the length in, of, of an iPad. I could theoretically take it to Sluggers and connect with their Ethernet and put us on the air, and it would sound fine. It would be passable. I don't know how good it would sound, but it, it without it going through a board, like an audio board, it would sound fine. Now, Rich is going to be there with us, and he's going to have the sound in an audio board, and our levels are going to sound great versus us having to uh, play with the levels as we're broadcasting and making sure that things sound as good as they possibly can. That story to me is terrifying. The other thing that happened during the, the pandemic is because so many people were doing, doing solo shows or doing shows from home, we, we needed to have a conversation because everyone was working from home. We needed to have a conversation that I don't think we ever really had about bandwidth and, and whether bandwidth could sustain that usage that we put on it. This would happen with students all the time where students, let's say that you're in a house of four people, two adults, two, two children. The adults are working at home. They need upgraded bandwidth to work from home. The children are going to school at home. Sometimes those children are taking classes that are being run on Zoom. My first class online was not that way. It was here's here's the I did videos for the lesson. I this is the video that we're going to watch. This is the reading that we're going to have. And then here are, here are the assignments inside of the module to see if you get what I was talking about inside of my lecture. But now talk about, now everyone is still kind of working off of the model of doing things remotely and to try to do them as inexpensively as possible. So if you're a Florida, uh, Florida Atlantic University, and you're sending your play-by-play guy there, he's probably alone. You didn't maybe even send the color guy. I don't know if they did, but you you got him credentialed. The, the broadcasting entity gets him credentialed. And then you say, hey, man, take your Comrex. We're not going to take it in. You're not going to pay an engineer. And not just pay an engineer. I don't, I don't think the companies actually mind paying engineer. It's... Are you going to pay for the travel of another person and their meals? It's a cost-cutting thing. They can, when I go to Phoenix sometimes, I just take my Comrex. 
Now, we figured some things out with Odyssey Phoenix where I don't have to do that anymore. And they're really nice. Like, the, the guy who runs Odyssey Phoenix is a dude named Chris Hernandez, and he's awesome. And now they'll set me up in a studio, and the studio will connect with our studio. But it's the same principle. You know, it's the same thing. Like, they're running off of, of the, the internet, and bandwidth is a thing. And I'm not surprised that even at Madison Square Garden, like Andy laughing at the end, being like, oh, there'll be no problems with bandwidth at the Final Four. You can't say that. There's going to be more people at the Final Four that are going to be utilizing the bandwidth of whatever stadium you're in. It is very possible that there are going to be outages at the Final Four. I'm not saying that like as a doomsayer. I'm just saying that if if one of the if an NBA facility is struggling with bandwidth, I mean, come on, pretty much anywhere is struggling with it. So I salute this dude because what he was asked to do is not easy. His name is uh, Ken Lavica, and I've been in those moments. Like I did, I did some shows. From Odyssey Phoenix back in December, I want to say. And I was saying, like, I felt like I was putting undue stress on the bandwidth of their in-house stuff. Because, you know, they have other shows, too. And there's still a lot of hosts that are doing shows from home. For people who work in FM, it's, it's perfect to be working from home. I still love the way that the studio feels, but occasionally if someone's been sick or whatever, it's a good idea, in my opinion, to go home and do shows until there's an all clear. But I kept, my line kept dropping, meaning I'd go off the air. Now, I don't know how this happened, but when Dan and I were doing the show, the timing of it was really good of, of, the line dropping like the line would drop when Dan was asking a question or like it, I think we were talking we interviewed Kevin Warren and one of the times that my line dropped I had already asked the question then my line dropped but Kevin Warren answered the question and then Dan could do a follow-up so the producers were like you gotta you gotta turn it off turn it back on again reestablish so I was frustrated by that. Like, it drove me crazy. Because you're thinking, look, man, it's, it's, it's the internet. It is vast and immense and, and infinite. You're thinking all of that stuff. So I wanted to go to a place. I, I, I had an idea, and I ran it past Mitch, and he was like, okay, I, you know, try it. Knowing that I was putting a strain on Odyssey Phoenix, I asked my friend, Gail Fisher, who is over at Arizona State, I asked her if I could use an edit bay. Because if there's one thing I do know, it's that universities have really good bandwidth. And I was lucky because Fridays, the, the day that I did it was a Friday. ASU is like a lot of college campuses where students aren't really on campus on Friday. And I went and did the show from one of those booths, and it sounded great. 
and I never, I didn't have to worry for the four hours that I was on the air. I didn't have that anxiety while I was on the air that I was going to be knocked off the air. But it's a, it's definitely a thing in broadcasting that eventually I think is going. I don't think that it's it's cost anybody anything yet. But I think eventually we will have to have a real discussion about the value of doing shows remotely just because of the strain that it has on Al Gore's internet. It's something I've been getting horror stories from other broadcasters. Like I tweeted it out. I tweeted out that I was probably going to do a podcast on this. But I, I got a whole bunch of horror stories from people about this. And because talent is showing itself to be more um, more inclined to work on some of these technical issues, we're seeing entities be willing to be like, okay, you know, we really don't have money. Like, I'll, I'll use this as an example. It's It's not... This didn't really happen. I'm just saying that this is the type of situation that you could have. Let's say that I decide that I want to go to the combine. And Dan can't go because Dan's got he's he's got baseball with his son. Like it's his senior year. He doesn't want to miss any of that. I say to Mitch, hey, why don't I go to the combine? I'll take my Comrex. I could set up an extra mic. In case there's someone that wants to come talk to us, Dan can do the show from the studio, and it'll sound like we're both, for the most part, at the Combine. That's an inexpensive way to get us coverage from the Combine. But it comes with risk. It comes with the risk of having Ryan Pohl sitting down there next to me on the Comrex unit, knowing that there are 30 other shows that are doing the same damn thing and the interview not getting on the air or part of the interview being disrupted because I have to reboot and reconnect. It's a small thing, but but when you're in the middle of it, it is scary. It's real scary. So I really appreciate people who are on Twitter and and saying, giving their horror stories, like the play-by-play guy from FAU. But it is more prevalent than you would think. Like this happens a lot. And I appreciate all the broadcasters that are out there out there really doing it and hustling. And all the people that had to find Comrex units on eBay <laughs> because they wanted to make sure that they could they could still work. Oh, and uh shout out to my dude, Rich Wyatt, who's one of our engineers at the score. I know I mentioned him earlier, but Rich is 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 a genius. We had a situation that this is what I'm saying about you get knocked off the air at an NBA facility. I was doing a show from the United Center before a Bulls game a few weeks ago. And Rich had to scramble. Like we were getting ready to go on the air and the line dropped. And Rich had to scramble to get me on the air. And of course, he had a backup. So like he had two Comrexes connected to it which is super clever, but also part of the problem. You know what I'm saying? But he got us up and running, and it was all good.
But just know that that when you see people out doing stuff remotely now, especially in radio, you are you are seeing um, a risky proposition in some cases. But I'm glad that we have some of these tools because it allows us to do different funky stuff. It allows us to broadcast safely, and it allowed us to broadcast safely for 18 months. You know. Until, until we really got back into the routine of going into the studio and being around people again, it, it gave us a, a, a lot of safety. Um, so shout out to, to all the program directors who figured it out, especially mine, because he figured it out, I think, faster than most people how we could make this work. And all the talent that was capable or made themselves capable of doing a little bit more and, and not just being the person that shows up and turns the microphone on. So, we'll take a quick timeout. And when we come back, I'll tell you about, damn, I didn't even do, I said that I wasn't going to do the, th- <sighs> okay, I got off on a tangent, because I often get on a tangent. Before I, I put a break in here, I'll tell you what I was going to tell you at the beginning of the podcast. And that's that we've got some cool ideas for House of L coming up. Um, I feel like I've I have been like sick. Like I, I don't even know what to call it. Like just kind of not 100%. Like from Christmas until... No, from New Year's until about Valentine's Day. I was just kind of off. And one day, whatever was going on inside just broke... And then, like, the next morning, like, I woke up and was like, I feel normal. Like, normal, normal, not new normal. So, you know, I've been doing what I can, both on the radio side and the podcast side, to make sure that House of L still exists, that we ha- we're getting our bills paid, like, that sort of thing. But now I'm, I'm kind of in crazy mode. Like, I'm in work mode for real now because I feel good so I've got extra energy and extra time like I was super low on energy I was doing everything that I could to just kind of make it through shows and then come home and go to sleep and like try to get a nap in like that sort of thing but what did when I feel good James Brown that's usually when I start to get creative and I came up with some stuff creatively that I think House of L listeners are going to like. Um, I have a couple of con- I have a concept for three different shows on House of L. Four, I'm sorry, four different shows that I want to add to House of L, along with what I do here and what Sports Adjacent does. Um, by the way, shout out to Jason Leisure too. He said some really nice things about this podcast platform and being on it that I thought was really the essence of what I want House of L to be, and it was inspiring, quite honestly. So there's going to be at least pilots for four different podcasts. One of them I can tell you because it's mine, like it's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do some episodes this spring. I don't know if it'll be once a week or once every two weeks. I'm leaning toward once a week. I am going to take my journey in golf 
seriously. I'm going to go get lessons. I'm going to play more rounds, that sort of thing. And I figured I would talk about what that's like on the podcast. And maybe you as a golfer can relate. What I can tell you is there's going to be two baseball pods. And I've been debating how to do a baseball pod on House of L. When Connor and and Joe were doing their baseball podcast, which I thought was great, but I also think is awesome that those guys graduated to doing play-by-play jobs. And they they had a baseball pod on House of L. The one thing I didn't like about baseball pods on House of L was if we weren't doing it every day, it kind of almost didn't make sense to do unless we could do some big picture issues that are a little bit more evergreen. So I think I've figured out a way to do that. And I think if everything goes okay, because I've got to, I can't tell you who the talent is in one case because I've got to get approval for this person to be able to do stuff on House of L. We're going to do one White Sox pod and one Cubs pod every month. And I'll just, for now, it might end up being twice a month, depending on how it goes. But I worked out the concept on a piece of paper And then I pitched it to the people that I want hosting the podcast. And they said, that sounds like a good idea. And we'll see where it goes. I think that I always think my ideas are great. But, like, I don't think that my golf pod idea has legs beyond me basically using it as a therapy session. But these other two podcasts, I think, actually has, I think it has some legs. And depending on how it goes... We'll see if it's if it's something that maybe isn't just a podcast. Like I think that the idea can be produced into a television show, but we'll save that for once we actually get it up and running. And then there's a couple other people that approached me about doing a pod together, and I honestly can't wait. And now that I've figured out some space for them, I we're gonna make it all work. So yeah. These are exciting times for House of L. I think that we are in a growth mode. Um, I closed a deal with an advertiser that I really, really like and people that I really, really like, and so that's going to help. Like That helps me pay people for their time. I, I believe in that. People come to me, and they're like, I just want to do a pod, and I'm like, I can't afford you. I don't... <laughs> We're a very small media company, and I want to be able to pay people. So having good advertisers allows me to do more. But once we get going here in April with this new advertiser that's coming on, um, we will be funded for a significant period of time, which is good. But it doesn't stop. So if you know, if you have a company that wants to advertise on house of l hit me up and let's see if we're a match house of l podcast at gmail.com you can also donate to the podcast if you want like we're not patreon at least not yet but if you want to donate if you go to our red circle page 
you can donate there. Like, donate what you want. Like, donate $5. I don't care. It, but it helps. It helps to keep good, smart people uh, on the payroll and allow them to do stuff creatively. I've got another idea. I'll just tell you flat out, even though I haven't told them. I want Ranji and Layla to do a podcast together once a month. And we can just steal the name from the radio bit and call it the monthly visitor. I don't care. But I want those two to do a podcast together. So, you know, I don't I don't know if they listen to House of L, but I'm going to pitch them on doing a podcast together once a month. Don't steal my idea, okay? All right, take a quick break. When we come back, I'll tell you a little bit about, like, what's going on with me physically, and then we can peace out. So remember earlier when I was saying, like, I didn't feel well for a big stretch of time there? Wait. Some some stuff like showed up in my labs, and my doctor was like, "Yo, man, we need to do a colonoscopy on you. Like, we need to find out what's happening. Like, why are we seeing inflammation? And just you know, rule some stuff out." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I was panicked because whenever a doctor is like, "Not only do I need to see you, but we need to do a diagnostic test on you as soon as possible." That can be a little bit scary. But everything seemed to go well. Uh, there's still a couple of tests that we're waiting on. Most of the tests. You know what's crazy? What I'm super excited about? I'm so happy about this. Because they did like a lipids panel. And I haven't had one of those in a minute. And you know, you're like, man, have I been living right? And I have. My HDL, my LDL, my triglycerides were all like on the low end of normal. Because I was like, hey, now, check your boy out. Out here eating good, blood pressure was good, all that stuff. And it seems like everything that was going on uh, with me, with my Crohn's, like it's a, it's a battle. Anyone who's got in his, any, any sort of issue, you know, inflammatory diseases, chronic inflammatory diseases are problematic. And when... You have anything that's related to your immune system. Everyone from the arthritis people to the Crohn's people to the lupus people. Shout out to Shana. Everyone who's dealing with some sort of somehow immunocompromised like goes through this. I know that I'm, I'm living with Crohn's like my whole life and I have been my whole life. And I... For the most part, I don't even really get bothered by getting ready to do um, colonoscopies. I usually look at, I look forward to the high. I've joked about that. Like, I look forward to the high that you get when you actually get to the table and, and the doctor can do their thing. But it looks like everything is, is okay. And that's exciting. Like, that's that was really good news. I think there's going to be a... Um, a medication change because I've been taking one medication for the last 25 years and I think that they would like to take me off of it which quite honestly I'm fine with because I understood that the the damage that could be done <laughs> with that medication and the trade-off of staving off your immune system from attack, attacking your digestive system because that's what Crohn's is and you have to make a trade and the trade is you're going to take this 
you're going to take this medication that's basically poison, but the poison is there to regulate your immune system. So they're going to try something new, and hopefully everything is cool. So if you're listening to this on Sunday night or Monday, that's why I'm not on the score on Monday because I want to make sure that the new meds don't have – I actually haven't even gotten the new meds yet. I'm hoping to get them tomorrow. Um, That the new meds, I don't have any, like, weird side effects. Um, So I want to – and I talked with Mitch about it, and he's like, I don't care. He cares quite a bit, but he's like, I got it. Like, whatever you need. That's that's his big thing. That's why people love working for him. So once we get that taken care of, and I'm sure that I'm not drowsy or – it's it puts me in a compromising position bathroom wise then i'll be back in studio so i expect to be back in studio again if you're listening to this on sunday or monday i'll be back in studio on tuesday and we're rock and roll and be ready for opening day week and all of that good stuff so that's that thanks for everyone that's in the struggle if you have any sort of chronic disease that that you're dealing with or you're a caretaker of someone who has a chronic disease. like I, I don't know if those people tell you thank you enough, but let me thank you for them if they have not. It's very important to have people that are on your side in those situations. It makes a huge, huge difference to people who are going through any sort of chronic situation. So thank you. Thanks to the, the, the Chicago Window guys, man. I'm telling you, you need to hit up Russ Armstrong, chicagowindowguys.com. I had no idea how much this would change my life, but it has changed my life, and it has only been a couple of days. So chicagowindowguys.com, check it out, and you will enjoy. I will talk to you very soon. There will be another episode coming out from, depending on when you listen to this, immediately. Because I talk with one of my friends in the business that's kicking ass, and he's really awesome. I can't wait for you to hear the discussion that we had. Talk to you next time. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.